once again to the Perimeter Church Podcast. What energizes you in your service to the church? God gives us what scripture calls spiritual gifts in order that we actually use them. If others don't use theirs, you miss out. If you don't use yours, others miss out. It's not just about finding your gifts, it's about actually using them. Lead teacher Randy Pope continues the series Propel, the Serving Mindset, message entitled Discovery of Serving Gifts, which covers 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Thank you for joining us today. Let's pray. Let's ask God to feed us well today. Father, we do ask that as we continue in this series that you would teach us things that would be very beneficial, first of all, to your honor, second, to the good of others. And And then thirdly, to even our own well-being, we pray, Father, that you would give us uh, insight into our own giftedness uh, to learn how you've wired us, to better direct us into the place to serve you. So, Lord, would you be honored, we pray, by all that takes place now, and we ask in the great name of Christ our Savior, amen. And I ask our old-timers that may have been here when I've shared this story to indulge me to to uh, share it one more time, uh, maybe given this two times during the years at Perimeter, uh, through the years. But it's, uh, sometimes there are stories that come out of my, my lifetime that, uh, that just relate to a particular series or a text or a topic, and, and this one really relates to where we are. It's the story of my grandmother. It was my, my grandmother Jennings on my mother's side. Uh, she only had two grandchildren. Her husband had already uh, passed away. And now she is in her last, literally her last weeks of life. Uh, We were here at Perimeter. We had just planted. We we just had our second little child. And and, uh, here she is uh, about to leave this world. And we were summoned to the home where she was going to pass at her home. And uh, so I got the call. If you're going to ever see her again, you probably need to come now. And so we certainly wanted to do that. And so Carol and I made our way to Rome, Georgia, not that far away, and spent some uh, time there with her. As I was getting ready to leave, knowing that this would be my, my final goodbye to her, uh, she said to me, she said, I want you to pick up that little box. And there was a box over on a little table there. She said, pick up that little box. Uh, it's a gift for you and the family, you and Carol and the family, kids. And uh, So when I picked it up, uh, she said, now, I don't want you to open it right now. In fact, I want to ask you to honor this request. Please don't open it until after I have passed away. Then you're free to open it. And she said to me, the content of that box should take care of you and your family fairly well for, if not the entirety of your life, most of your life. And so I knew that my grandfather had left a good bit of money to her. Um, they were well-to-do family, and now she's passing something along to me. So I was very thankful, obviously, and, and I left and so forth. Well, she passed away very soon after that, and, and, and there's the oddity of the story, uh, is that for whatever reason, I have never opened that box to this day, and I probably never will open the box. Don't know what's in it, but I I just probably will not open it. Now, as I tell that story, I know that many of you here would hear that. And if you were very gracious to me, you'd just say, Randy, you're very foolish. You know, that would be, 
Uh, if you really don't care that much about me, you say it's insane, it's stupid, you're crazy, or I don't know, you'd other words. But wherever you are on that, on that spectrum, you would probably be thinking right now, Randy, that is just not smart at all. And if that's what you're thinking, then you would be exactly right if this were a true story. My grandmother was not wealthy. She did not leave me a box, and there is no, there's no gift at all, all right? By the way, when I told that the first time, my oldest son was just a little fella. He was sitting in the service next to Carol. He is crawling all over her saying, where's the box? Where's the box? Where's the box? <laughs> there is no box. But here's the point. You would agree that would be a fairly stupid thing to do, to have that kind of gift offered to me in a package like that and never open it? On what basis? How can you even come up with a good reason to say, I would never open it? Now, you think about this. I'm speaking now to you that are Christians. We have Many guests here that are seekers trying to figure out the faith, and this is going to be an important series for you too, as I've said earlier. But for you that are Christians, imagine this. Here you are designed by God because you have been created in humanity. You are human. I am human. We have been designed by God to serve other people. At the same time, we all know that there is the fall of mankind, and in the fall, instead of us being a people who are thinking as we were designed to be, to put our life outward to others to serve and help and so forth, for the glory of God, yes, for the sake of other people, but even to our own joy comes by giving. And so here he's wired us, designed us to do that, we're supposed to be outgoing to other people to serve, and then the fall comes along, and as a result of the fall, now we're broken people, and we're not thinking outwardly. We're naturally thinking inwardly. We're thinking about us, and what do I want to do for me, and what could other people do for me, and if I want to help other people, it's because it makes me feel better. Everything seems to come back to me, and God in his graciousness, he redeems and when he redeems, he turns us around where we now have the ability, the power to look outward. When we get the right mindset and so forth, we're ready to go out again. And he then gives us a package. It's like a little gift. And he says, now I have this available for you, and I want you to open it. And what you're going to find is a unique ability for which I'm going to anoint you to be able to advance my kingdom, which is your purpose for living. You live to advance the kingdom and give me glory. And now I'm giving you a means by which you can do that most effectively. Now, all you got to do is open it and begin to use it. And I would suggest even in a church like Perimeter, where we offer the teaching and we constantly are putting this before people, I bet you there are hundreds and hundreds, probably even in the thousands, of people at Perimeter Church, if we're asked, what is your spiritual gift? What is your single best contribution to the kingdom of God? What are your couple of best contributions? 
And the answer would be by that many people, I really don't know what my giftedness is. I really don't know. That's why this series is so very, very important. The series is called Propelled. Propelled. The Serving Mindset. And in doing so, we're talking about, first of all, the importance of having the mindset. You, you have the right outlook and desire, heart to want to serve. I got to have mindset. But then you've got to have the right tools. And we've been talking about the tools that God has given us. Very briefly, we talked about the first tool, which is just our life. God's given us a redeemed life. It's a tool just by giving ourselves to other people, regardless of what we're doing, just trying to care for other people. Then there are resources, whether they be financial, whether they be material resources. It's taking those resources and saying, I've got these as tools to be able to serve other people. And then we add to that gifts, spiritual gifts, a God-given ability to allow each Christian to in some way enhance the kingdom of God. My goodness. Here we have all of these great tools. Then all you've got to do at that point is identify where is my best and what I call a workshop to use the tools. Where I live, where I work, where I play. Uh, God, is it going to be in this kind of place? Is it going to be with these people? Where, where do I most serve you? But all of life becomes one of saying, I'm out looking for an opportunity to serve. Now, these spiritual gifts are very, very important. You should have a handout or an insert that has an orange face to it. If you see that, I'm going to encourage you to utilize this. The, it's basically all of the gifts that are found in the Scriptures. If you look on the very back, you'll notice that there are four passages of Scripture. Those are the four texts in the Bible. If you want to see where all of these gifts come from, they come from at least one of these texts. It is true that some of these are duplicated in multiple texts. Some are just one in one text, but we're listing here the ones that are in Scripture, and we'll walk through those. Now, in doing so, I talked about the fact that there are different buckets or ways you can categorize the gifts, and you put some in some buckets and some in the others. And one of the very common ways, the one that I'm using, is to put them in two buckets. The first bucket be teaching gifts. And the second bucket be serving gifts. That comes out of 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. I want to read it again. I read it last week, but let's read it again. It says, as each one has received a special gift, that spiritual gift, employ it in serving. And he's using serving there as a general umbrella word for all the gifts. We use all of our gifts to serve. So employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Then it says in verse 11, whoever speaks, and that's referring to whoever has speaking gifts, here's what he says, you're to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves, meaning the serving gifts with which we serve, is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, having taken those buckets, we're going to add another bucket. And the next bucket is going to be the bucket of sign gifts. And they will be on the back of your, of your handout. 
There are seven of those listed. As you can see just by looking at the names, this is going to be a very intriguing study because we're going to get into issues of which there's a lot of controversy and a lot of questions where we'll say, well, this thing of healing, really, is God really healing today? And what about this? And this seems a little strange. And what about that? And what about tongue speaking? What about interpretation of tongues? And when is it legitimate? When is it not? Is it legitimate? All these kind of questions we're going to try to deal with. So then at the end of that, we have it worked out almost for sure that there will be an online test that you can take free of charge. The church is going to cover the cost for everybody to be able to take an online test, all who would want to. If you don't want to go online, you can buy for $2 the test that's actually in the bookstore. And when I say it's a test, it's just a, a, a fill in, you don't even fill in the blanks. You just, you just hit multiple choice. It'll ask maybe, I don't know how many, 75 questions. And it'll say, do you like to do this? Yes or no? Are you good? Do you find yourself more wanting to do this or that, A or B? So anyway, you put down all the answers to those questions about what you find yourself describing yourself. And then it will actually for you give you a listing of a handful of gifts that may well be your gifts based on your answers to your own questions. And so with that, after I've finished teaching all of this, and then if you use that little tool, I think most of us, if we want to, will be able to be pretty sure I know what's in the box. I may have something extra in the box that maybe is not intended to be my spiritual gift, but that's okay. In fact, when I say that's okay, I'm going to go so far and say this. I really don't care if you and I can tell the name of our gift correctly or maybe our gifts correctly. You know the only thing that really matters? What matters is that we can say, I know how God has wired me, and I know I'm really good at this, and I'm not sure. There's some de debate, of, is this the gift of this or the gift of that? Who cares? It doesn't matter. We just need to know this is the way God has wired us, and I know where my greatest contribution is to the kingdom. Now, what you're going to see in all of these definitions, these are my definitions. I have spent untold hours and hours over the years studying this topic. And I've seen what all the great leaders and the people are writing, and they say this gift and this gift and so forth. And, and all I've tried to do is just assimilate all that information and come to what I think is the best of all worlds to describe each gift. Am I accurate? No one is perfectly accurate. Who's to say what the gift of mercy really is? We've got a general idea, don't we? Somebody who's merciful is probably going to be very compassionate, probably going to be whatever. But what I'm just simply doing is taking all the different thoughts of people and trying to bring it together and say, most Christian leadership over the history of the church seem to agree that the gift of blank is this, and here are the characteristics of those. Just to give you an idea, to keep thinking, what am I gifted to do? And we'll try to figure that out, all right? Now we're ready to jump into what's called the serving gifts, the serving gifts. So let's do this. Let's take one at a time, and let's just see what they are. And you try to discern, would this perhaps still be in your list of potential gifts? Now, the first is the gift of shepherding or pastor. And it is described this way, the God-given desire and ability to provide leadership, care, 
and nurture for individuals or groups. Very important to hear that. Individuals or groups of people in the church over an extended period of time. Now, these people are just catalysts in the care of believers. They just love to care for the Christian community. They may direct their care to the non-believer for the sake of the kingdom. But I want to, even in saying that, I want to be real, real careful that everybody knows this, that you've got to be thinking in terms of a spiritual gift is directed toward the kingdom. Because some of these people will say, well, that's kind of the way I'm wired, and it may be one of your natural talents or abilities. But how do you know if it's a spiritual gift unless you direct it toward the kingdom in some form or fashion, meaning to enhance the kingdom in terms of breadth or depth? So very important to keep that in mind. Now, this particular gift of shepherding, the characteristics would be a heart for people. They, uh, they just don't mind. In fact, they love entering into the depth of people's trials that are messy and challenging and hard. And they just find that's an arena they can live in very comfortably, as hard as it may be. We've got a handful of pastors that are on our staff that are over our various parishes. I look at Brian White here, one of our pastors, and I listen to what they do and how they function, how much of their time is spent doing these things. And it blows me away because I don't have the gift of pastor. I know I'm called the pastor, but I don't have this gift. And I see those that have this gift, and I'm kind of amazed. It's just like anything else. Somebody that does something so well and loves something that you do not do well or you don't love that much, and you go, do you really love it that much? I bet you the first five trips that I took into various places around the world, my first missions trips, and I'd see these missionaries from the U.S. living in very hard, backward arenas, areas of life. And I found myself constantly saying, you know what, I'm, I'm a safe person. Can you tell me honestly, I mean, do you really hate being here but just willing? And this is what I'd hear. Oh, no, I love being here. In fact, I kind of dread having to come home for furlough every four years. And I said, now, you can be honest with me. I promise you, you don't have to. I know that's the right thing probably to say, but I mean, really? And I finally left these places saying, there are people who really do like to do that. But it amazes me because that's not me. We have people in this church that are lay leaders that are shepherds, incredibly good shepherds. Many of those people become elders of this church. And our elders are over little tiny flocks, 10 families or individuals that are in the, in the church. And many of these are just great, great, great pastors. But you know, not all of them are. Some of them do not have the gift of pastor, but they pastor well. They just don't have the gift of pastor, which leads me to this. You need to understand this. You can be in a role that utilizes a particular activity that maybe you're not gifted in, but you still can function well there, but you're not gifted in that arena. We have elders that don't have the gift of shepherd, just like I'm an elder, and I don't have the gift of shepherd. 
I don't have the gift of pastor. At the same time, there are people who have the gift of shepherd that may not ever become a, a, you know, a group leader, put in a position in the church where they are officially to pastor certain people. They may never have that. That's okay too. I can use my own story as the best story. You know, I, I do not have, I, I, I've said this forever, people know this, I don't have the gift of shepherd. I have the positional gift I know of pastor-teacher. I, I, I shepherd or pastor by my teaching. I know that. But I look at even that and I go, you know what? What am I really gifted in? Where are my gifts? And sometimes we really won't know for sure. But I want to give you, as I'm even talking about this, I want to go over once again the guidelines, just real quickly. And I'm going to pause in this story. And I'm going to take us back to last week, because many of you were gone on the holiday weekend. And I want to put up these six guidelines. I'm just going to read them. I'm not going to spend time, except on one of them, I'm going to make a comment. Let's, let's go to them again. Explore the possibilities. That's what I'm helping you do. Number two, experiment with as many as you think could possibly be yours. Number three, Eliminate the gifts you don't have. Number four, examine your feelings. All right, I'm going to hold right there. Now, examine your feelings. Important, but not essential. And I'll use my own story. For years and years, since I began being the pastor of this church, I constantly will talk to Carol and I'll say, you know, Carol, isn't it weird that I'm a pastor? I mean, what, how did I end up being a pastor? I really believe this is where God's called me. And I really love what I do. I really do. I'm, I'm so thankful I am doing. But, but isn't it odd? And, and she knows why I'm saying that because, as I've always said, there really are so many things I love about what I do, but there are two things I really do not aspire to. It's not something that I find myself wanting to do. One is preparing for and delivering sermons. I don't. I really don't. Number two, pastoring people. Does that seem just a little odd to you? Sure. You would think that's something that you really, that's a big part of my job, right? For years, I was the major counselor in the church. For years, I was the person who went to every hospital. For years, I mean, and I'd say, God, why have you got me here doing that? So I am just, this last year, this year, I was looking for something from my high school days. And Carol said, Randy, there is a scrapbook in such and such a closet, and, and it's, a, it's a scrapbook of your high school years that your parents put together. Uh, I don't know that I've ever even looked through it. And she said, it could be in that scrapbook. So I, late one night, Carol's in bed. I'm just sitting on the floor by this thing. Just, I found it. I'm sitting there on the floor, and I'm just flipping page by page, and I'm getting enamored by the old memories of high school, this, that, and the other. And I come across this fold-out, and the thing is so smeared and old, and, but it's a fold-out, and it is a career assessment test that I had taken either at the end of high school or the beginning of college to kind of direct where I ought to point toward a career. And I thought, well, this will be interesting. I don't even remember it. So I fold it out and I look at it, and there are 40 careers down the left column. 40. And there are all these little dots and crosses and you know, little X's and so forth. And then at the end, you've got a, you've got a number. And, and they're different numbers. And they're rating, obviously, the likelihood of being successful in that particular field. 
So I don't know what the highest number was. My highest number was a 48. So I don't know if the highest was a 50 or 100. I don't know. doesn't matter. But I look and I say, well, what's the highest number? And I, I landed on a 48. And I went, wow. And so I go across and it says, physician. Well, my dad was a dentist. I thought for a while I might be a dentist. And I thought, you know, that's a doctor, physician. Yeah, I could see me being a physician. And then I looked at the next one, the next one, the next one, about three or four of them. And I could, every one of them, I would say, boy, this is really on target. I could see me doing that well. And then I thought, I wonder what my lowest number is. And I looked down and there's an eight, my lowest number. I go across and I tell you the truth. It says pastor. <laughs> now, Carol was already asleep. I'm sitting on the floor out loud laughing. And the next day I couldn't, I couldn't wait to show her and say, Look, this explains it. <laughs> I'm not wired to be what I am. But here's the point. I get to use my gifts. I get to use them in a big way in what I do. But it doesn't mean that I can't be in a position that uses a gift that maybe I don't have. And it's also a great story to open you to this as well. And this is the idea that it could be that you're gifted in an area that you see blessed and those feelings where you feel, yes, this is me, you're not going to feel it. And maybe it's because something has happened in your experience that does not allow your feelings to be accurate. For instance, with me, I know a good reason why I do not look forward to preaching. And it all has to do not with the present, but it has to do with the past. I started preaching at 25 when we started the church here. It was my first sermon I'd ever preached. And I was learning to preach. And I'd communicated a lot on college campuses and I, I knew that I had a communication you know, ability and so forth. But I'm telling you, I got criticized every week by at least two, three, or four people. Every week I dreaded the mail and I see them criticizing something I said or the way I said it or I should have done this. I didn't, wasn't loud enough. I was too quiet. I was this, that, or the other. And I just got hit up so badly. I'm like the beautiful woman whose, whose parent, dad maybe, said from childhood, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly. And though she may be beautiful, she looks in the mirror and she doesn't see beauty. That's fine. In fact, I think that's a blessing if that be the case. In this regard, in, in that I never think in such a way to, that that becomes an issue of pride or I, I'm a public speaker. No, 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 no. Not at all. But it tells me this too. Maybe I can't lean on that feeling to determine for sure if I have a gift. Maybe I need to look at how God uses it. I don't know. So I just want to use that to help you. Let's go to number five and six real quickly. Five, evaluate your effectiveness. And number six, expect confirmation with the body of Christ. I think those last two are far, far more important than just your feelings would be. All right, so we finish now on uh, shepherding. The others are going to go much quicker. I'd like to just see, though, by raise of hand, how many would say, I think the shepherding would still be in the potential list of gifts that I might have? If that be the case, raise your hand. Let's see. Pastor or shepherd? Quite a number of hands. Very good. All right, let's look at the next one. Service. Define it this way. The God-given ability to detect and meet needs through various expressions of love and labor. Some examples of these, and here they are. Hospitality, the God-given desire and ability to provide an environment of inclusion for new and needy people. 
Now, this is kind of taking the open view of gifts that maybe not all the gifts are in Scripture. Maybe there is a gift of hospitality. It doesn't matter. I hope to you, it certainly doesn't to me. Is there a gift? Is this your spiritual gift? The question I want to know is, is hospitality how God uses you in the kingdom to, to advance the kingdom, to serve people? And by the way, please don't think that hospitality is equated to entertaining. The way you can usually know is the entertainer, they're all concerned about what does it look like? Is the home put together? Will people like this? Will they see this? Will they, oh, I can't have people today. I can't, even though I know they're in need, I can't bring them in because look at my place. It's not perfect. That's not the gift of hospitality. Hospitality says, ah, it's a wreck, but you know what? I can serve you as well here in a wreck as I could if it were well put together. That would be more the person with hospitality. Let's look at craftsmanship. The God-given desire and ability to facilitate the ministry by constructing the necessary tools for ministry. And that can be carpentry, painting, electrical work, uh, lighting, um, office volunteers, or, or, or lawn care. Now, let me just address lawn care. Now, many of you know I hate lawn care, but I, I want to use that just as an example to say you might love working on your lawn. That does not mean I have the gift of spiritual lawn caring. <laughs> that is not, you'd, uh, you're turning it toward the kingdom. Now, maybe there's a way that you use your ability to work on a lawn to advance the kingdom, maybe at a church somewhere that doesn't have, you know, needs lay supply to come in and work, and you see, oh, man, this could be made so much nicer, and you go and you start working so that it attracts people and so forth. Yes, maybe so then. But just understand, it's always pushing toward the kingdom. Let's look at musical, creative communication. The God-given ability to communicate God's truth through a variety of art forms. And those forms could be anything from vocal, instrumental, media, drama, dance, photography. The list goes on and on. I would ask myself this question to determine if maybe this could be my gift. Do I enjoy meeting people's needs? Do I enjoy going out of my way? to in some way assist people in their time of need? Do I find myself grieved when I see spiritual ministry hindered because there's just, it's because needs are not being addressed and you know a way to do it. You want to get in there and, and make it happen. That would be the gift of service. Let's show by, by hand raised. How many would say it could be in your, in your list? Service. Quite a number there. Good. Mercy. The God-given ability to hurt for those who hurt, to do what is necessary to help relieve them from their distress. The characteristics of people with this gift would be compassionate, empathetic, good listeners. And I would say here, if you think this might be your gift, you better be cautious because you will be very quick, more than likely, to pick up offenses for the things that have hurt the people that are hurting. And there'll be a tendency to have an offense toward other people, knowing how they've hurt not you, but them. Also, a great weakness here that often goes along is a, is a temptation not to be firm enough when you need to be firm with people. People with mercy, oh, I just can't, I can't even tell them the truth because I'm afraid it could hurt them. Well, we have to be truthful and we have to be firm from time to time. But the gift of mercy, and oh, don't we love those that can come around us with the gift of mercy. How many would say it could be in your list? Gift of mercy, raise your hand. Wow, good, a lot of them. Leadership, here's the definition. The God-given ability to attract, lead, and motivate people to accomplish their work of ministry. 
Characteristics including visionary type people. They see the big picture. They love to motivate and to mobilize people. Uh, they delegate well as a rule. They are um, they're oriented to uh, administrative strengths as a rule. And you're going to see next gift being administration and how they kind of cross over a little bit perhaps. Good question to ask is do I find myself regularly coming up with new plans and new ideas to bring about change and organization. So how about the gift of, uh, uh, the gift of leadership? Let's see how many of us. All right, quite a number. All right, now administration, very similar in this respect. The God-given ability to give guidance and direction to the people and affairs of the church. These people... Uh, have the characteristics of giving close attention to detail. They, uh, they're good at uh, multitasking as a rule. They, uh, they love to know the reporting structure of how things are organized. I use the example of Disney World. If you go to Disney World, do you find yourself more enamored with the thrill of the rides and all the fun and all the stuff that goes on, the beauty, or do you find yourself more thinking about the structure that makes this thing happen? Like for me, though I don't think I have the gift of administration, I think it's something that kind of is a crossover in, in some strengths with leadership. Man, I, I want to drop paper somewhere and sit down and watch. You know what I'm talking about? Literally, it, it won't be two minutes. It's like somebody picks it up. Now, it's not that, okay, that was fun watching somebody pick it up. But what I'm doing is I'm sitting there saying, what had to go into this to make it be such that when a piece of paper drops, somehow it gets picked up within two minutes. What, what's the structure that makes that happen? So a little bit different there, okay? But the gift of administration, I haven't said much about it, but how many would say, ah, it might be in my list, administration. All right, good. All right, giving. Defined by the God-given desire and ability to contribute money and material resources to the work of the Lord with cheerfulness and liberality. I don't want us to think in terms of giving, meaning that you must make a lot of money to have the gift of giving. I will say most would agree that it's very typical that people, uh, very often I should say, that people with the gift of giving often have the ability to make the resources they love to give away. But the truth of it is, there are people with the gift of giving that have very little in resources, but let me tell you, they're such that, man, if they got two shirts, and only two shirts, and they see somebody in need, here, you take this shirt. I don't care. I'd rather you have it than me. These people are often more concerned about giving away too little than they are about giving away too much. They just don't seem to find themselves too concerned about giving too much. So the gift of, uh, gift of giving. Let's raise your hand if you have the gift of giving. All right, good. I'd like to get your names if we can. <laughs> Number seven, lastly. The God-given ability to believe God for the unlikely. These uh, people with this gift are often very closely connected in the gift or in the ministry of intercession. Some think intercession is a gift itself in the open view. But they, they just see prayer and faith going together. These are people that find themselves just when they hear the big story, the big picture, the almost the unbelievable, they find themselves wanting to pray and discern, is this God's way? But I can believe it if I think there's any possibility that God's behind this. Uh, they, they're just, I mean, they, they just are optimistic in the sense that God's going to do great things and they really get excited when they can see God 
do the unusual. They love to see God do those things that others would say that just doesn't seem too possible. These are people also who often take risks for the cause of the kingdom. They just say, I know the downsides may, you know, the consequences may be painful for me, but I don't care. I want to take the risk. I believe this is what God wants to do. The gift of faith. How many would say that would be yours? All right. Well, we've had a lot of hands on every one. And so uh, I think we're going to find, as I would expect, this is a, a highly blessed church in giftedness. We have people with all the different gifts. That's why this body, I think, does work well and I think should work so awfully well because we are just a gifted people. And when we start identifying and using them, it's going to be all the more. Let me uh, do this, a quote, and then close with the last words. This is from J.I. Packer, one of my great heroes theologically and uh, just an incredible, he was an unusual, uh, gifted teacher. He says, so spiritual gifts must be defined in terms of Christ as actualized powers of expressing, celebrating, displaying, and thus communicating Christ in one way or another, either by word or by deed. So folks, here it is. We're a people who have been now made whole. We've been made whole spiritually, but we have a lot of brokenness. And God says, you're going to live in that brokenness in much greater degree unless you learn the art of giving, serving. And when I use the word giving, I'm talking about just serving, giving yourself away, looking at other people. Let's be honest. How many of us here are consumed with ourselves? And all we can talk about is how this is mine and how this affects me and what are you doing. And everything you see is how does it affect me? How does it affect me? You want to break out of that? You go to the cross and you see his great love. Seeker, the only way you're going to ever get your heart turned around is by God doing it for you. That can't be done humanly speaking. Willpower will never do it. It's God's power. So go to the cross and when you go to the cross, you see his great love and you go, Oh my goodness. And it'll, it'll break hearts open. That's why people fall in love with him because they see his love for them. And it's going to be the same with you, seeker. That's how you'll come to faith. Just get in the scriptures. Read about his greatness, what he's done, who he is. Get to know God. And Christian, it's the same with us. We don't quit going to the cross because I've been there once. No, we keep going back and we see his great love. And he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And we see that and we say, God, what a great God you'd give me all things. Lord, I want to use my gifts not in order that you love me. You love me perfectly already. I want to use my gift because you love me so much. That's the great motivation. And then we start finding ourselves going out looking as if we're in a hunt every day. You almost wake up. Literally, I love to do this. Wake up in the beginning of the day, drop to your knees, lay on your face, whatever you do, stand up before the Lord, but say, God, today I'm going to go out, and yes, I have to do these things, I have these responsibilities, but God, wherever I am and whatever I'm doing, would you use me in a big-time way? Would you just let me see others' needs? And Lord, even if I don't have the gifts, I'll try to step in to kind of plug the gap until the gifted can come alongside. 
But Lord, I particularly want you to show me where can I use my gift of? Where can I take that into this brokenness and seek wholeness because you use me? How can I glorify you by doing that and see people made better because of my life? And Lord, I know when I do that and that becomes a way of life, that's when I'm going to have joy in spite of pain. And that's the way he's wired us. That's the way we were designed originally. We have the privilege as Christians of coming back closer to that design and being where he's really called us to be originally. So why would we not open the package, figure it out? My prayer for all of us, by the end of this series, let's figure it out. Let's at least be able to say it's probably one of these and I'm moving in those directions. Watch what happens in your life. Watch what happens in this church. Watch what happens to those outside this church because of what we do right here. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we bow now to say thank you for your incredible love. Thank you for the fact that you sent your son to Calvary so that we might be redeemed and now tooled in the way we've been tooled. Now may we use those tools even this week beyond anything that happened last week. Use us in a grand way. And Lord, we pray within a few weeks we're going to be pretty confident about what our gifts are. So we thank you. We pray in the great name of Christ our Savior. Amen. You've been listening to the Perimeter Church Podcast. Perimeter Church is located at the corner of Highway 141 and Old Alabama Road in Johns Creek, Georgia. Please visit our website at www.perimeter.org for more information, to give us your feedback, and find other messages from our teaching team. Thanks for making this podcast a part of your day.